Garrett Cooper is back, baby. Sean Barrett on the episode yesterday, calling out that there's no time to panic over Garrett Cooper, and he is back. Peyton Burdick is back in AAA. One-run losses. Maybe starting to pile up here for the Marlins. Are we in panic mode? Big game this evening. Sandy Alcantara looking to get the first win in course. Patchy record for Sandy in course, so it's going to be a big ask. Tons to get into. UK Go is back on Wednesday on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast and I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. It's still UK friendly here. The sun is still shining. Uh, I've had a few beers. Sean's probably had a few beers. The sun is out in the UK today. Boys are feeling good. Um, hit subscribe to the pod. Of course, it is your team. Every day, head over to YouTube as well. Hit subscribe there too. It is Locked On Marlins for the YouTube channel, and you will see new graphics are here, and the rundown is posted. The agenda is set. So, tons to get into, but delighted to welcome back on a Wednesday. Did tease it out that Sean would likely be doing a two episode extravaganza this week. The UK go, Sean Barrett. How are we doing, brother? Yeah, not bad, Pete. As you said, the sun's out, mm. a few beers, but unfortunately, the last night's game didn't quite go our way, but there were some positives there that I'm sure we'll get into. No doubt. Some positives, uh, a one-run loss for the Fish, a uh, lot of hits, a lot of runners in scoring position left. Uh, Uri Perez didn't quite get through five innings in the end. Uh, disappointing defeat. Actually, this series thus far, there's been games that have both been winnable. The Marlins haven't quite been able to get it done, I think. Um, let's maybe start there. I did want to talk about Peyton Burdick going back to AAA, but let's maybe start with game one. Um, it This... This couple of games, to me, has some 2022 vibes about it, where a couple of injuries kick in, all of a sudden, the Marlins just can't quite get the big hit anymore. And Skip used that language post-game as well yesterday, which is the first time I've heard that language, and it's very Don Mattingly language from last year, talking about, hey, we just couldn't quite get that big hit to piece it together, missed opportunities. Um, that kind of sums up this Marlins team at the moment. It gone, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough stretch. They're on the road. Um, they've had tough games all year long. There's been no let-up for them at all. Everything's been just like real tough game after tough game. But it does feel a little bit eerily similar to 22 at the moment, albeit the team is just one game behind, you know, below 500. So it's not panic stations just yet. Maybe it is. But um, what's your overall assessment at this point, mate? Yeah, you're right in saying that it's a lot like last year. It's a lot like Marlins baseball, 0 for 7 runners in score position, nine left on base. Mm. That, that's that's what we used to see in that, that timely hit. Now, don't get me wrong, there was, you know, Solaire still swinging the hot bat and Coops, you know, with that home run, that certainly helped. But I think yeah. there was there were circumstances where the, the Miners could, had an opportunity to get things running, put up a crooked number, and they just couldn't quite get that timely hit. And uh, yeah. it's unfortunate. And then, as you said, it is a case of, you have an injury here or an injury there and, and the starter is struggling or the bullpen starts to struggle, but there's a game again the next day and the next day and the next day. You haven't got mm-hmm. time to breathe. You've just got to keep playing these games, grinding out the season. Uh, and at the moment, yeah, the Marlins do seem to be struggling to sort of piece together um, 
some cohesion and get and get a win under their belt. Yeah, absolutely. I must say, you know, since Jazz has gone down and, and more is being asked of Garrett Hampson, I do feel like this is indicative, maybe, you know, of the Marlins. Like there's they brought Peyton Burdick up. We'll talk about Burdick in a sec. But you know, more is being asked of Garrett Hampson. Naturally, he's starting to cool and come back down to earth a touch. And and Skip again spoke about it, I think, pregame actually, on you know, what's this trade for Jonathan Davis and why is he here? And he's basically saying, listen, we're we're struggling at center field. Jazz has gone down, um, you know, and Hampson's got a broader role. He's in birdie 2.0 mode. And thus, the Marlins are digging into the depth of depth charts, it seems, to get a center fielder back on. Um, it, it, You know, they're, they're hanging tough. They need to hang tough at this point, mate, really. It feels like this is in survival mode situation, particularly with another city to go on this road trip, mate. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jonathan Davis, it sounds like he may get a decent opportunity here at center field. Uh, he came and entered the game yesterday as a pinch runner, um, didn't have a plate appearance. But, you know, Jonathan Davis, you're starting center fielder at the back end of May. No one predicted this one, I don't think, right? <laughs> if they did, they should be playing a lot of it. Uh, I think <laughs> I think the storyline for this season at the moment is exactly that, how much we've been talking about Hampson. Yeah, um, true. And, and it is a case of, yeah, he started off hot, the Babbitt was high, getting a lot of luck. And as you said, he's coming back to earth now. His, his center field defense, I've really not been a fan of it. There's been a few plays here and there, not backing up a throw to second base, giving them that extra base. He's not he's not a centre fielder to me, and I think that's where this trade has come from. They want a guy that can field the position correctly, knows yeah. what he's doing, has done it for large parts of his career. Mm. Uh, and at the moment, Hampson's back isn't exactly screaming out that he should be getting in the lineup no matter what. So I think that's what they've done. They know they, they can get an upgrade simply by bringing in a guy that can defend the position and, and yeah. if they get anything from the bat, that's a positive. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to be really intrigued to see the playing time. I think we've seen it as well with Xavier Edwards. You know, the bat has actually played pretty well. Xavier Edwards hit from, hits from both sides. He's been impressive. However, um, you know, again, he's been in a similar situation, maybe to Jazz, but a AAA level where he's been asked to transition out of centre field. He's still learning the position doesn't have Jazz's athleticism, let's say, overall. I mean, no one does. And I don't think the Marlins fancy him at center field either. They they clearly are not overly enamored with Garrett Hampson being there in terms of an everyday starter at center field. Sounds to me like Jonathan Davis is going to be the starting center fielder for a, a good portion of time. Jazz not scheduled to be back for ooh, three to four weeks at best. Boy, oh boy. Things could spiral here quickly for the Marlins. They really could. However, on the positive side... Cooper Loop, baby. There was some Twitter slander. He returned with a bang yesterday. And Jorge Soler as well, mate. Stays hot. I must say, this is where it feels slightly different to 22, which gives me more optimism. Because there are some sticks in the lineup that can impact the game. Jorge Soler being one of them. Luis Arias the other. Garrett Cooper, another. Brian De La Cruz, equally. I do feel there is a nucleus in an offense where last year, literally, you looked up and down the lineup. And there was Garrett Cooper and no one else. And so this does feel different, right? Yeah, it's a deeper lineup. It's also last year injuries happened in bunches, didn't it? It was it was one or yep. two guys, and then it just kept snowballing from there. And it was literally just Coop and, and a triple uh, A lineup basically around him. Yeah, and it was. The, and, the, and that's where the season went off off the rails. And that's what the Marlins at the moment need to fight for. I know that yes, they're only one game under five hundred, but I think we've talked 
off air about the idea that this isn't a team that's going to put together six, seven, eight, nine wins on the bounce. Mm. So by that nature, they can't lose like that as well. This is, while only three games in a row, but four and five, this is the worst stretch of the season since the beginning of the season. Mm. And they need to, it's hard when you're away and going from city to city, but they do need to stem that flow, but they need to pick up a couple of wins over the next couple of games, these away games, because yeah, you don't want to be going back to to Miami and, and being five, six below five hundred, and then a couple more behind on the wild card. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely, it, it is, and and this is the point as well. I think the Padres may be on deck when they actually return too. That won't be easy. Plus, they've got to go into Anaheim uh, next up on in continuing this road trip. So, a lot of tough matchups here, I guess. This isn't in order of the rundown, but it is what it is. You know, we have the you know the, the creative license here on Locked On Marlins, which is great. Um, big big game today, big start for Sandy Alcantara for a few reasons. We talked about it yesterday, mate, and the everydayers will will remember this topic and this conversation. But it's going to be interesting to see how Skip manages Sandy moving forwards. There's there's some some questions to be asked, but overall, the Marlins have lost the first two games in cause. This is the moment for Sandy Alcantara to step up and deliver something that the team truly needs. I'm very intrigued to see the way this one's going to play out. Um, gut feel is, my actual gut feel is that Sandy goes seven plus this evening. What about you on Sandy this evening? They really need it, don't they? I mean, it was only yeah. yesterday we were talking about the idea of not putting him past the, the third time through the lineup. But with the way that the bullpen's been used at the moment, and we've, we've spoke about this, about the idea that you can't keep using these guys. You can't have these guys projected to throw 80, 90, 100 innings because what they were currently getting out of people like Brazzaban, who we'll get into, yep. was kind of a surprise. It was a, it was a positive, but all of a sudden you start overusing that arm and, and the stuff is just isn't there anymore. Um, and, yeah, he needs he needs a bit of a blow, doesn't he? He needs to spread out those performances, but... Yeah, it is a case of Sandy. Sandy, this would be a great time for him to really um, swing it around. And and the lineup that the, the, the Rockies thrown out there, yeah, it is a little bit of a underwhelming lineup. Yeah. Obviously, anytime you're playing at calls, you know that anybody can run into one uh, and ruin your stat line. And and hopefully, uh, Sandy and the Marlins can avoid that tonight. I think so. I remember there was a horror outing in cause. Was that last year? Maybe the year before? I'm not sure, but it, there was definitely that. Sandy's got history here where he had a blow up, but I, I don't think this is the same Rockies lineup. To be honest with you, um, you know the Rockies are two up in this series, and frankly, I think that slightly flatters them in some ways. But you know, this is the time. This is the time for your reigning Cy Young, uh, NL Cy Young, anyway, off the back of three disappointing endings to three outings, to really step up and look to show us who Sandy Alcantara still is. Um, put himself back into the mix. So really intrigued to see what we get out of him uh, for certain. We're going to talk about, uh, yeah, Brazamad uh, that, that we talked about and uh, a couple of other topics. I mentioned Burdick a couple of times. We didn't know when we recorded yesterday who would be um, heading back down to uh, to clear a space for, for Jonathan Davis. We now do. Equally, Burdick is back at AAA and already raking. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But before we do that, let's talk about our good friends over at Rocket Money. Yes, sir. And Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about, and chances are you're one of them. Like the Stars app, 
just to watch one show or that free gaming trial you never actually used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any that you don't want to play, pay for anymore, can't read, just hit cancel. And Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all of your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses. So, for example, I'll be able to see how much uh, wine purchases have been made in the past six months. That could be dangerous. Um, so you can easily track your budget in real time and get alerted if anything looks off. <laughs> Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person. And here's the kicker now, 720 bucks a year. That is, on average, 720 bucks a year. Absolutely stunning. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnMLB. All right then, Mr. Barrett. Peyton Burdick was the sacrificial lamb, if that's the right, right way of phrasing it. He was uh, optioned back down to AAA. He's raking in uh, AAA, it seems, today. He's back with a bang, hit a home run. A couple of Ks, I believe, that you sprinkled in there too. But overall, we can't be totally stunned and surprised that Peyton Burdick was optioned. I do think it's interesting that he was in the fact that, you know, he, he hasn't been given a ton of leeway and a ton of leash at the big league level. But this is, again, kind of signaling that the Marlins are looking for different types of hitters in this organization right now. And high strikeout guy, and when you say high, you're talking one in two at-bats being ending with a K. That's way too high for this organization. So, firstly, surprise level on Burdick, I think low, right? Yeah, I think we even discussed it yesterday, the idea that Crater to the 60, and then you can send him down um, and bring in and Davis. And yeah, you're right. And a home run in his first game down there, but two mm -hmm. Ks. He is what he is, isn't he? It's, it's he is. <laughs> uh, I'm glad in a way that the Marlins did it this way, and also because it's a logical thing to do. That mm -hmm. you know, you don't you don't have to put him on onto waivers and, and risk losing him. Mm -hmm. So he stays with the organization, um, and I'm sure he'll come up as and when is needed. Because um, as we know, the baseball season is long, but. I just, I just can't help but feel like that. This is, this is his game now. That I don't see uh, an evolution to the game. Could he knock down that K rate five, ten percent, maybe? But I think he is what he is. He's, a, he's a high strikeout guy that's going to run into one every now and then. And, and at his age, I think it is a case of that's, that's him fully formed now. Fully formed. Um, let me ask you, you know, blast from the past, but it got me thinking earlier for some reason. I'm always thinking of this guy, but Lewis Brinson. Old friend, stud, let's rewind the clocks a touch to Brinson. And, you know, he was given the opportunity to work through those struggles at the major league level for various reasons. The team was in a different spot. I wouldn't say they were in win-now mode. But when you reflect on Brinson and his profile, the major league profile, um, is Burdick at that level? Like, is Burdick even at Brinson's level at this point, at the major league level? Or is it too early to even say that? Or is it unlikely I mean, Brinson's got one of the lowest wars, accumulative wars, I think, negative ones anyway, that there may be. But I don't know. Like, should we be writing off Peyton Burdick at this point? I don't think it, I don't think it is even the case of writing him off. I think it is a case of we know, we, we know what he is now. And, and with Brinson, you're right. The team was in 
a full rebuild. Mm. So they were going to make absolutely 100% certain that Princeton wasn't a major leaguer for mm. letting him go. And now they're not at that point. They are at the point of, like, as you said, it's not quite win now, but it's certainly not lose 90 to 100 games a season and, and, yeah. and make sure you know what you've got with these guys. Princeton's playing reasonably well at, at the level he's playing at now. And, and maybe that's what Burgett has down in, in his future. But it is a case of, yeah, I think the Marlins will give him another crack potentially, but mm. I don't think, I don't think they're looking at him and counting on him as a, as a future everyday outfielder for them. I don't think so. I don't see it in the stars. And I also, I've been feeling this way for probably since I've started doing this podcast in particular, I, I don't think the Marlins have ever felt that way about Herrera and Canacion. And I think, Again, he is who he is at this point. And actually, the profile looks pretty similar to Peyton Burdick with less defensive um, versatility, let's say, or capability. And so I think Herar and Canacion's numbers, numbers, days are numbered <laughs> in this organization. Um, I, I'm interested to see if he gets a go later in the year. If he does, it's probably an indication that the year may be lost. So... I don't know. Is there any hope? Am I, am I getting a little bit too down on Heyran and Canacion? I mean, for me, last year was the year when I was just totally baffled by what the Marlins were doing with him in you know a year that ended up being a poor year. He got little to no opportunity, I would say, um, until the right at the back end of the season, perhaps. And so, for me, the signal's already there within Canacion. What about you? I think you, I think you nailed it in the sense of he is he's the same player, isn't he? The strikeouts are there. The, mm. the power, I would say, is probably higher. That power yeah. potential is, is the, the ball off his bat is is immense, mm. but the defense just isn't there. I mean, even at first base, it's questionable. Yeah. And and if the Marlins are going to put him at DH, then that that creates another hole, doesn't it? That that idea of you've got to play him not every day at DH, but pretty much any time he's playing anywhere else. Mm. The, is the bat enough to be rewarding for the loss that you're going to have in the defense? Um, and I don't see it. So. I He's a little bit younger. He hasn't quite had that opportunity yet. Um, and he's playing okay at AAA. But like we yeah. discussed already, you, you put a genuinely good Major League Baseball player down at AAA that like you see sometimes with these rehabs. Yeah. And they're hitting 600 with like a 1,400 OPS. Yeah. Everybody hits at AAA. Absolutely. I mean, do you remember when Tad East went down there? He was just absolutely... I mean, Tad East one of the best players in the game. So it's unfair in some ways to use that. But... It is useful to see a player of that caliber drop down the level just so you have that is the baseline of an above average major league hitter. And that's what they should do. And so when you look at them and go, hey, this dude's hitting 270 and he's hit 10 home runs. Well, Taddeus did that in about four games um, with a 500 average. So, you know, it's useful to adjust your expectations clearly. Triple A and the Major League. It's such a huge jump. And I think that's the thing. Like, the jump is massive for these hitters. And the Marlins, it seems, have really struggled to get guys that can actually take that step up and hit the ground running, so to speak. It's been a problem for years, being a problem. It may be, you know, rooted in some of their drafting, some of their development, etc. But it's been a problem. It continues to be a problem. And when you look around the organization, particularly like at the triple A levels and Okay, if he needs some more depth, like there's just not much around at the moment. And that kind of scares me, to be honest with you, thinking about what how this year could play out, how next year can play out, how you roll into next year, considering some of the free agents there could be. Boy, oh boy, this could be 
Kim could be very busy this offseason. Um, let's do our final ad, and then we're going to talk about the bullpen briefly because we're running long, but, you know, there's a few segues in there. It's time to let you know about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Guys, tell me which product and which name is catching your eye. Go and check them out, I must say, because Bird Dogs product names are wild. There is no Brin Sanity yet, but I am still petitioning for a Brin Sanity set of slacks or something along those lines. Um, guys, I must say, some of my other locked on hosts as well have already, they've been testing these and they are reporting. I believe they're saying it's a it's a five tool set of shorts. I think that's the description I'd seen um, from one of the other locked on hosts saying that it's a five tool short fit, comfort, affordability, product name. I don't know. They have it all in bird dogs. So get yourselves over there. The fit is in en fuego, comfort en fuego, versatile as you like. Straight from the golf course, straight to the cocktail lounge. You name it, they can, they've got you covered. So easy. Here's what you have to do. Use the graphics if you need to, but it's get the birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the promo, locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Can't say fairer than that. All right, then, Sean, talk to me about Brazaban. I wanted to, he's a guy that's kind of caught my eye the last couple of weeks he caught my eye early in the year he caught our eyes in the offseason because he had these visa issues we're like oh are we concerned about Brazaban? he he came out of nowhere he started the year quite slow then was absolutely on fire feels like since Chaguar has returned Brazaban struggling a touch and is this and this isn't specifically about Brazaban kind of it is but are we starting to now see this bullpen returning to what maybe it could or should be? Are we starting to see some cracks where early in the year, everything was going their way? Everything, everything. And Brazaban was asked to, you know, put out so many fires. Is this, you know, just a rebalancing happening here with the bullpen? I know we're missing Puck. We haven't had a ton of save opportunities recently either, but, and Flora's done them well. But more generally, is it is is the levels starting to even out here a touch? I think so. I think it is a case of, it's partly the, the usage, uh, yeah. especially especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, it is a case of like Brazaban is is it's an independent board guy that they got off the scrap heap. Yeah, um, a bit like Bender a couple of years ago. Yeah, and and it, you ride that hot streak, don't you? You enjoy the, the positives that he brought. But yeah, I mean, you're looking at six appearances with given up hits. Like it's it is a case of he's he's, he's starting to sort of fall back down to sort of the level you probably should expect him to, to deliver. Uh, yep. For the Marlins, but but on the whole, for the the whole of the bullpen, the, the walks are up a little bit, and and I think that's partly because of usage. It is a case of yeah. it's harder and harder to throw strikes when you're tired yeah. um, and overused. So it's the problem with this is, is is there isn't really much of a fix, is it? No. It, it, no, I don't I don't see the Marlins suddenly getting huge amounts of length from from their rotation as it is. No, this was a concern of mine in the early part of the season in spring when we talked about the idea that these all these guys were young and obviously with Crato down now, you yeah. know, it is a case of it's been severely tested, and this is kind of what we've just got to to live with. Unfortunately, yeah. I think there's enough talent there. I think there still is enough talent inside uh, the pitching for the Marlins and and the bats. It's a case of it, we will be successful or unsuccessful off the back of our bats, and. Yep, we we've enjoyed this this run of Marlins pitchers being being elite. The bullpen for a period of time was was properly elite. Um, maybe that's ended 
now, or at least at the moment, that's what we're experiencing. Yeah. And for the miler to keep trading water at 500, yeah, the bats have got to go. It's the ebb and flow of the year, mate, right? I mean, the bullpen was elite. It was literally carrying the team for so long. It's time for either the sticks to heat up, the rotation to start doing more like the other parts of the roster need to start delivering. It doesn't help the fact that the offense is dinged with a couple of guys missing, the hottest sticks really, and Jazz and Jesus at the time. Um, but the rotation in reality right now feels settled. And that five is settled. Uri Perez has kind of slotted in there. He's had three starts. Feels settled and it's like, just how can those guys just take it to the next level of touch? And, you know, how can we get, you know, ultra-efficient Uri Perez, you know, 80 pitches, yes, but six innings of 80-pitch ball. And Eddie Cabrera continued to limit, you know, limit those walks um, and throw strikes. And can just can Sandy just continue, you know, not continue, but can he start to convert these starts like he did last year? They're all the critical things here, and there's, you know, there's some question marks, mate. The final topic on the rundown here, for those with the graphics anyway, is, is it any panic? Is there any panic in your mind at this point? We've all, you've been a Marlins fan longer than me, but even me since 2016, mate, I have some scars. I remember things. Things sit in my mind how these things tend to go. One game under 500 on a tough road trip without some of their best hitters at this point. Is there any panic at all in your mind at this point? Not panic. I, I, I've, I've, I've watched this before. Um, I know. But it, is, <laughs> it is a case of, yeah, you're right, it's sometimes I'm watching previous seasons and I'm looking at it and going, oh, there are only three games under 500, four games under 500. Um, and and there's, they were a hot streak away. But I'd, I'd prefer the hot streak got them above 500, I think. It is a case of, at the moment, the team, yeah, the team's been struggling. And I think, they need, I don't know what it is, they just need this spark. They need something. Yeah. To come out. And Sandy going seven tonight, um, yeah. And so they're continuing to hit bombs and coop. I think that I think that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting on if they'd got the win yesterday. If, if Uri had gone five innings and those home runs had, had, had propelled a team to a win, that would have really yeah. made a huge difference. And you know that that can happen tonight. That can just yeah. as easily happen tonight. And and then they can go with a bit of confidence because right now I, I I would feel like the, the the team are a little bit sluggish or a little, they've been away mm. for a while. They're not yeah. winning games. It, it's a slog. Uh, yeah. they, need, they need a spark tonight. I think we're seeing some of the first signs of a touch of panic from some of the hitters with some of the chase. Some of the chase yesterday, I mean, I, I saw some of the clips posted around Gene Segura's strikeout, which was insane um, in many ways. But are we starting to see an element where there's a bit of chase happening here, where people are trying to do too much offensively? I think it's just a matter of just Stick to the game plan. Stay within yourself. Effectively, just recreate what Lewis Arias... I know he was 0 for 5 yesterday, but recreate Lewis Arias' approach of just be ready, stay within yourself, no chase. Minimize the strikeout, minimize the swing and miss, and good things will come to you. With that being said, uh, thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Thanks so much to the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, for joining me. Um, scheduling note, programming notes... There will be no episode tomorrow. Thursday, unfortunately, there will be no episode. I am on a work trip away overnight. No laptop being taken. So there will be a bonus episode of Locked on Marlins throughout the weekend at some juncture. 
I will find the right spot to deliver that. But as I mentioned, no episode tomorrow. Sorry for that, guys. Sorry for those that need me on the commute. And I apologize to you, the everydayers in particular, uh, for that. But we'll be back with a bang on Friday, of course. Um, like I said, thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen. I'll see you guys on Friday. And hopefully the Marlins have had a series leveler by that point. We'll wait to see.